Heavenly Father, Lord, when we walked in here, we were one way. But when we leave, let us be changed. Let our hearts be changed. Let us not be dead and just walking dead. Let us be alive and live abundantly for you, Lord. Lord, you, you and you alone can change us and make us beautiful things. And Lord, you have made us already so beautiful. Continue on that growth of you, Lord. And Lord, we just want to just be in your presence. there today. It's going to come out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. Uh, for regular church members, get used to bringing your Bible so you can read along in your, in your own Bible. Don't always rely on the screen. Uh, it's good to have your Bible with you. Uh, I'm a little on the old church side that way. But we do have Tammy, my Tammy, is making up children's bulletins. So there's some at the front, some at the back, uh, and as I found out, some of the adults like them too. They're doing word searches right now. Uh, and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so, uh, so if you want to do the bulletins there, they're kind of neat. Uh, I do the word searches between services sometimes, so I like that kind of thing too. All right, moving on. What are the two most important commodities you have? Anybody? Real quick. Two most important commodities that you have and you have today on you. No. Time. God has given us all the same amount of time. I don't care if you're rich, if you're poor, you have 24 hours a day, seven days a week to glorify God. We're not going to talk about time today. We're going to talk about the other commodity you have that we all have. And God has given at least a little bit to everybody. It's a different level. It's money. This is your money sermon. I don't really like to preach too often on money, but it's, it's October consecration month for most of the churches, so we're going to do it this time. If the church is healthy and people are spiritually healthy, money is never a problem. And, and church growth and all those other things aren't a problem. So on that, uh, if this is your money, we'll come back to time later because that to me is more valuable than money. But we don't have time today to do both, uh, do both of those uh, two, two point sermon. We only got the one point with ten sub point sermon. Uh, our, so Corinthians comes out of there. Let me tell you a little story. If you haven't turned your Bible already, turn your Bible. Uh, let me tell you a little story. There's a granddad. Some of you all resemble this. There's a granddad. He's getting grandkids for the weekend. And he was happy. So he went out and bought a big old thing of popcorn. And those big old bags of gummy bears, like a hundred gummy bears in each one of them. You all have seen that before, the big old bag of gummy bears. And so he sits down with the kids, got them a Disney movie, and they got the movie. And, uh, you know, he's watching this house a little bit, granddad is. And so what he tells the kids is, you got a hundred bears each. Uh, if you would just give me ten of them, and then the popcorn, and I'll be okay. Well, the grandson... 
Oh, yes, Grandpa. And scrapes off ten of them and gives them to him. The granddaughter, well, no, but these are mine. You bought these for me. They're all mine. They're all mine. Well, Grandpa, I mean, you see me five of them. And the granddaughter's like, no, no, they're all mine. They're all mine. That's what Grandpa's like. But he's upset through the whole movie. And then at the end of the movie, she says, well, Grandpa, I'm sorry. Here, here's, here's six of them. You can have six. The grandson stops him and says, don't eat them, Grandpa. Those are the ones you dropped on the floor. Mm-hmm. Our lesson comes out of First Corinthians, or Second Corinthians, chapter 9, starting at verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap, will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he has proposed in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. This is the word of God for the people of God. All right, out of that story, who did God love more? I mean, God loves us all the same, if I bet, but... Who was the cheerful giver? The boy or the girl? Boy. There we go. Uh, how are you with God? What are you giving to God? You pay all your bills and all this other stuff, then give to God? Uh, just a quick personal story. As I struggle with this, it's a whole story I don't want to go into, but the base chapel, I was in the base chapel for a long time. And I mean, I pray. I pray and pray, God, you need to change my heart. Because I had a hard time with giving. I pray, I pray, God, you need to change my heart. And, and I'd go good for a little bit, then I wouldn't, then I'd go good for a little bit, then I wouldn't. And, and then all of a sudden, I said, God, this ain't working. I don't know what it is. I can't get out of my own sinful ways. I need help, God. Don't lie, this is a true story. He gives me candy. We will eat beans, beans and cornbread, which I'm not a southern. And some of you all are like, man, that's great. For days to make sure we have tithed our pledge to the church. We will eat poorly, <laughs> just to make sure of that. Uh, and so, so why don't you ask for, because God will give it to you. Uh, so, and that deal is, uh, it's a longer story, but we don't have time for a long story today. I got some new terms for us. Uh, if I could have figured out how to use that fine PowerPoint, well, we don't have nothing else, because I probably played the PowerPoint thing. Uh, it's got three new terms for you today. Remember, you read the newsletter, I love new terms. Uh, we got a giver, a tither, and a gifter. Three terms you need to know. A giver, a tither, and a gifter. Tithing is the goal. People say, well, hey, we're in the New Testament. We don't have to do that. Uh, going along there. Uh, no, you're right. God, Jesus says, give as you have received. Give as you have received. That's what Jesus tells us to do. Give as you have received. Jesus speaks more about money than he speaks about anything else. I mean, that's a good chunk of the Bible. It's actually about giving. Uh, but so on that is, what is your life worth? What did Jesus give you? Eternal life. There we go. 
give as you have received. And all of a sudden, I'm going to go, but a giver, let me explain these three terms. A giver is somebody that gives under 10%. But let me make this clear. When I first got into the ministry, I was going to be that good, good Southern Baptist guy. And if you're not giving 10%, God give you over. You know what I've come to realize? Some people live on fixed incomes. Some people have uh, financial responsibilities that's out of their control. And they cannot give 10%. And I don't ever want somebody to feel guilty of not giving. They cannot give 10%. You pray about what you can give. There's the number one thing. You pray about what you can give. And so if you're a giver and that's all you can do, that's great. That's all you can do. Uh, a tither is somebody that gives 10% of their income. Then I always get the question, do we want gross? Do I do my gross or my net? But I'm not the money guy here. And do you want a gross blessing from God or a net blessing from God? I mean, that's up to you. Uh, however you want to look at that, go along. The gifter is the person that gives 10% and then occasionally, or on a generous thing, writes checks for over 10%. And that's a gifter. Not everybody, including Danny and I, can always be a gifter. Uh, we, can always, we can always be a gifter. And that's probably a, a special set of people, blessing people. Don't feel bad. Whatever you are, don't feel bad. Are you praying? Are you giving what you can to God? There's, there's the real answer. Uh, there, there's a real answer to God. Uh, tithing. Where does tithing come from? Uh, go back all the way to Genesis chapter 4, Cain and Abel. What was the fight about between Cain and Abel? One gave a better gift than the other one gave. This giving back to God has been in our system from the beginning that God has given it to us. That we are to always give the first, the first fruits of our production back to God. Let me talk time for just a minute. We all got the same amount of time. We all got, you know, 24 hours in a day. How much time have you dedicated to God? Let me bring up the other one is Saturday. Knowing you have to be at church on Sunday, or you should be in church on Sunday, do you prepare or give yourself the time to prepare to meet the Lord on Sunday? There's a guilt-ridden sermon there. That's a whole different sermon there. But then the, the real, when we see the 10%, is when we get to Genesis chapter 14, 18 through, verses 18 through uh, 24. This is where Abraham, somebody steals Lot and his family. And they're taking off a lot in the family. And Abraham hears about it because of the patriarchal system. And it's a whole long story why he does it. He picks up, he takes his army of men, he goes, and he teaches them a lesson. I love this story. He teaches them a lesson. He ain't messing with my family. And boom, he wipes out this whole set of people, brings them back, and he brings all their stuff back. Does anybody know who Abraham meets in the desert? Anybody, real quick? Tammy should know this. Melchizedek. This is where Melchizedek comes in. And he is the likeness of Christ. Some will believe he is the Christ. And he says, Melchizedek says, give me 10% of all your bounty. And you have the rest. Does anybody know what Abraham says? No. No, no my Lord. Take it all. It all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. It's all yours. Whatever, uh, other than what the men needed uh, for provisions to get back here, uh, it's all yours. Lord, it is all yours. Who owns your checkbook, your finances, your house, your cars? Who owns it? Do you or are you just a steward of what God has given you? It makes a difference, people. That's my house. Is it real? Are you using it to glorify God? 
That's my car. Are you using it to glorify God? That's my money. Don't you talk about my money, preacher. Are you using it to glorify God? Your heart is your heart and your wallet are stringed together. Where you're giving your time and your money, there's where your heart is too. Just remember that. It goes along there. Uh, go on. And, and so on that, uh, not everyone can be a tither. I would kind of mention that. But everyone can be a giver. And, and so what I want us to do here is that everyone, you know, young people too. One of the things that we do kind of wrong with uh, uh, young people today, I know we kind of found a mistake and we tried to change it up. I'm not sure how well we did, Tammy and I that is, is to teach the young you have good money at Christmas time. You know, are you giving some of it back to the Lord? I know kids, you know, money's tight with you guys, and I've been there. Uh, we can't get married. Uh, but that's a whole other story. Keep praying for me back there, would you please? And, so, uh, but you know, just go along there. Uh, I know money's tight. We got things. Money, a lot of times with kids, money's not always coming in. But we need to realize every good gift comes from who? God. And we're going to give back a portion. Teach our young children to give. You know, we have not done a good job of that. That's why the church is suffering today. Not just Lake Park, but all the churches. That's one of the things we have not done. It's taught the young people to give. So with that is, I got four other new terms for you. Yeah, I love these terminology. I can put them in the newsletter later if you want. It would have always going to be on the screen, but I couldn't get it. Four new terms. In the giving world, I have been doing this for, I have been involved in the church <clears throat> for now about 40, 40 years. Chapel time, everything else. I've been on different finance committees. Of course, the pastor were on all committees. Uh, of course, this doesn't apply to like park people. But this is here. Uh, let me tell you, it applies to everywhere you go. There's the hero giver. Now, the hero giver is okay if you're a tiger or a giver or something. If you're above, you're all right. But most times what you have is you got the guy sitting there. He's sitting on God's money, and we need something. The church needs something, and a major repair is coming. A van broke down. A, a tree limb is broke through the roof. Uh, something, something major expensive. And, you know, $5,000 is broken. And, and they're going along there. Oh, don't worry about that. I got the money. And they write the check. And we're all happy and praise the Lord. Well, were you giving before? And then, and then you were just giving. If you were giving before and you become the hero giver, you're a hero. If that is how you give, you're in sin. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Uh, there's the watcher giver. Watch, wait, and see. I want to watch and see what everybody else does. I want to watch what everybody else does, and then I'll give a little. Or, or this is my other famous one, I will wait for the end of the year. If the church did okay at the end of the year, I'm going to reward them with a big gift. Again, bonus check at the end of the year. Great day if you were tithing throughout the year. If that's how you're giving, I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Uh, okay. Uh, this is just, these are just terms I come up. The designated giver. Well, I'm going to give, but my money, I'm going to tell them where my money goes, my money better go there. I'm going to give it to the youth, I'm going to give it to the choir, I'm going to give it to this, I'm going to give it to that. I'm going to tell them where they're going to money, and that money better be used for that program and nothing else or I'm going to be mad. Oh, man. Uh, I don't like what the church is doing, I don't like it, I'm coming here. I'm not giving nothing to the church. 
I got other programs that I think are more important to give to the church. Remember the last two Sundays back, of course, last week, Danielle tried to kill the Gideon guy. That's a different story. Uh, the last two Sundays, we did the marriage proposal, and then we did the commitment to the church. When you do not give to your home church, I'm just going to say it the way it is. You are living in sin. For the visitors here today, you're all right. Uh, but for the other people here, let me just tell you up front, you're living in sin. You are living in sin. You are on a slippery slope of losing your salvation. I am not a person that preaches once saved, always saved. Uh, and you wouldn't have to get into a whole discussion by itself, a whole Bible study by itself. Because being a cheerful giver, how much control do you have over being a giver? Giver, tithing, whatever that is. None. I'm going to give it to the church. I'm going to give it to God. Let me get rid of that nomenclature there. I'm going to give it to the church. Many people give to the church. Well, I like the preacher. I like this program. I like that program. And I know we got expenses. You know, we got to pay the preacher's wife. Is what you're really paying. It comes to my name, but you're really paying the wife. Uh, I'm going to pay. I'm going to pay the preacher. And, and I got you know the lights are six hundred dollars a month. I'm not sure which that is. And of course, there's benefits and there's other things. You know. Uh, go to the finance meeting. There's, there's a lot of things uh, we got to do to keep the church running. So I'm going to up my giving because I like everything that's going on. See, here's the problem with those last set of people. You want to be in control. It's my money. I'm going to be in control. No, it's not your money, people. It is not yours. Uh, it's a slippery, slippery sin that we all fall into. I will. I, if I did a consecration of the church and did a Bible study with them, I would tell you the story. We just don't have time. With my giving life, it is a difficult one. I am getting into heaven. I believe, honestly, you know, I believe in Christ and all that stuff. But on Tammy's coattails, she keeps us straight with finance and giving to the church uh, and giving to other things. On top of it is uh, because I'm, I'm just going to tell you up front. That's one of the areas I struggle with. Uh, we, we, the top three of those, those terminology I give, they give out of faith. They give out of faith. They trust that God is going to take care of them. The other people I talk about, they want to be in control. God doesn't know. Their view is God doesn't know what to, to do with the money, so I'm going to help God out. Oh, Lord, what a help slippery slippery. If that's you, the communion rail is open because you need to repent. I'm just going to tell you the way it is. Y'all need to repent. Uh, and I was here this morning repent. I was here before the praise band was the first time. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up is, we're going to run close on time. Money and time are not yours. The money you earn and the time of the day you have is not yours. The other thing we've got to get out of this misconception is, okay, I make so much money, preacher, I'm good, I give 10% to the Lord, and I have another 90% to do whatever I want with, don't tell me how to spend my money. No, your 10%, which is established from the beginning, we see it with uh, the widow's mite and in, in in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, when they come and the people walk into the temple, they're putting money in, they just gave it before they come to church, they come to worship. You need to understand, God gave you 10% to bring it to the house of the Lord. Or, of course, whatever you can give. 90% to go out into the world to glorify His name. Everything you have is to glorify God's name. Everything you have is to glorify Him. 
You know what? So some people are going to say, well, preacher, can I take a vacation? Sure, you can take a vacation. Because uh, uh, let me tell you how that glorifies God. And I'm going to use vacation as the example. Uh, there's many other ways to do it, like a new motorcycle, uh, something like that. Uh, vacation with family. Okay, vacation with family, probably the thing. Uh, what does it do? When you, when you take time off from your job and your normal routine, you and the family, they go off somewhere and you go do something. Number one, it strengthens the family. It strengthens the marriage. It glorifies God because the marriage and the family is a tighter-knit people. And the devil wants to destroy the family. Consider what you've done all for God and you're doing things other than that. Man, it's a blessing from God. God has given you enough to go on a vacation. And glorify God through your family on that vacation. So we go along there. We use our time and our money to glorify God. Uh, living in that room, another thing, we don't want your money. Uh, there was a church my dad would grow up and say, oh, all the church ever does is want your money. I always want to talk about giving your money. No, what I've learned in ministry is we don't want you to go to hell. If you worship in truth... You need to learn good stewardship with your time, your money, and the other things for salvation for Christ. Because if you have a hard time with that, you need to look at your relationship with Jesus. Just flatten bottom to the line. We don't want your money. We're trying to save you from going to hell. And you can't pay your way in. I'm not trying to say that either. But your relationship with God, your checkbook and your relationship with God will match each other. Uh, Everybody, and then I'm going to close up right here, so for the music team to go back, uh, not everybody can tithe. I understand that. We are in situations today where people cannot tithe. People make good money cannot tithe, sometimes. But we all can give a little. And so what I'm asking you today, here's your consecration, your money sermon. I want you to earnestly sit and pray. What can you give? And like the building debt, get the church out of debt. What can you do different? Can you give up sodas for one month? Can you give up going out to eat for one month? How much money do you spend on going out to eat on frivolous things? Uh, I'm going to shock some people. Can you give up Starbucks for red out coffee? Can you use something? You know, uh, interest, real quick. Interest is $4 a day on the building debt, $20 a week. The quicker we pay on the principal, the quicker that debt gets down. So I'm going to make the plea today. If you need to update your pledge card, great. I'm not really big on the pledge card thing. Can you, not only what you're normally given, can we sacrifice something to give more to the debt? Let's get it paid off. Then we can be involved in missions and all these other neat things. And so with that, I'm going to turn it back over to them. Let's stay in prison.
Excitement said. 